Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Cheers, my friend. Yes, we're sitting here today on this lovely, surprisingly sunny Sunday afternoon in February. It's beautiful out. To my left, the one and only Todd Porter. Make some noise for the internet, my friend. What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> so how the fuck is the new year treating you, my friend? It's going good. You know? There's a lot of lot of stuff on the horizon. It's a new year, but things from the past. Things from the returning, past. Returning. 30, returning. 30 years. <laughs> Let's start there. Eviction. Okay. Yeah. Playing a reunion show. Yeah. They didn't say it could happen, but somehow it's happening. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to happen. It wasn't, <laughs> ever, it wasn't ever supposed to happen. But it, uh, I guess it crept its ugly head in, and we got three original members. So uh, tried for four. We always switched around guitar players, so that would be a fifth member because every, every demo or record we had another guitar player, but bass player unfortunately can't do it he you know everybody grows and got different stuff happening so uh he just couldn't have the time and we want to put time in so it would yeah. we don't want to embarrass ourselves you know? totally, totally so he couldn't do it and uh with his blessing we're carrying on yeah i know but, that you know over the years you've continued to play yeah. in bands yeah. so you still have somewhat of a youthful energy to you yeah, in some yeah, aspects, yeah. In some might, aspects. It might not be too difficult for you to get on stage. And no, 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 no. How are you feeling about the other guys? You well, the other guys, be- the guitar player Robbie. Hey, Robbie's it, been playing. He's been bands. playing in here and there. The drummer, he played in a couple years ago with Robbie, and then he had some personal issues. And he, I was surprised. Like when we were going to get back together, he's the one that surprised me the, the most. I was just like, because I was worried, you know. He got like toes cut off from <laughs> Jesus Christ from uh, diabetes <laughs> shit. Yeah. Like, and all once he surprised everybody. It's like holy shit, he didn't miss a beat, man. He's a drummer and he's he's there, man. Oh, that's awesome. And you know, Robbie's Robbie, and we got a uh, <laughs> guy named Dan Ford who was in tons of bands. Last band he was in, he was in the Volcano Dogs with Robbie. Um, he's playing bass, he, and he was around when we were playing in 87 he was in bands so uh and then the other guitar player we got mark who uh who was in the cheats for the last 11 years but he's not in it anymore but he's an old metalhead and he came back and helped us out sounds fucking killer dude that's awesome i mean if we had this lineup back in 90 and 91 we would have been golden (laughs) so that's an actually an interesting play to uh an interesting place to go a question that i have would just be the metal scene in pittsburgh in the late 80s early 90s what was it like or just the music scene in general compared to today it was a lot different like now it's totally fragmented man there's like you have all these different you know punk rock genres or punk rock scenes you know you got the the uh rock room scene then you got the pop punk scene then you got you know any other crap you know then no then you got you know the crap i didn't mean crap but then you have you know like the roboto scene but back then it was just one we had one place to go well two we had the banana 
and we had city limits for the metal shows and bigger shows. But you know, every every once in a while, something would pop up, like the Sonic Temple would pop up, or there was a place in the strip that Manny had. But like basically, it was three or four places, and that was it. And that's where everybody went. You know, like especially early on, it was the banana. That's where everybody went to for the thrash scene and the punk rock scene. That was it. And uh, it was you knew everybody. Yeah, you, know? you could walk down the street and see a freak. It's like I know that dude. You know, and you had something in common. Now it's like I still feel that it's like that. Everybody, I guess I'm out of touch. Like, I mean, I guess our like what I play in our scene is different from like. But you're not wrong. I feel that you're not wrong in it being separated. But everybody knows each other. But it's this thing where it's like these bands just don't don't, play with these bands for no good reason. It's dumb, dude. I like to play with everybody, dude. And I, I try to be friends with everybody. You know. I'm an I'm an asshole. I just try to <laughs> spread my assholeness to everybody. But yeah, there's bands that won't play with us. There's bands that are like, oh, I'm not into that. I had somebody talk to, oh, we're not into cheats. I'm like, why? Well, that's not our kind of punk rock. Well, what kind of punk rock are you like? Well, I like Johnny Thunders. I like the Sex Pistols. I'm like, that's that's. I, I mean, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. You know? They're like, well, not you. I'm like, I, I like '77 punk. I like this. I mean, you know, we move on a little bit, but it's like. Basically, that's the roots of what we were, dude. Totally. You know? And it's like, I guess a lot of them don't even, never even heard of us. Somebody, you know, maybe somebody, one of their cool friends said, I oh, don't like them dudes or they're, they're much old dudes. Don't, you know, they, they don't know what they're fucking playing. Dude, I was, I was into punk rock when it was called Hey Faggot. So that's, you know, <laughs> yeah, you sure. know, that's what it was. I mean, yeah. we used to get beat up for looking, you know, I see these kids with mohawks and everything and I'm like, dude. You must, must it's be funny really how cool. normal it is. It's now. normal, you know. You see, you know, second graders in school with Mohawks, you know. We got our ass beat for that shit. We used to get chased on Pitt campus, you know, because we, we'd hang out across the street from the O on the wall and just random jocks would stop their cars and want to chase you and beat you up. I mean, that was, yeah, early 80s. It was horrible. Yeah, just. The whole dynamic, I think Oakland was a big thing that I think really yeah. shifted. Uh, once Oakland, they got all the corporate stuff in there and got yeah. rid of like all the cool little bars and all the cool little stores. It was, it was done. Yeah, I was super fortunate that I had an uncle who was a record collector and uh, knew everybody that worked at Ides, which yeah. was a big part of the reason why yeah. I was I knew about eviction. Like, I yeah, had we that, all at I once. had that tape when I was. I mean, I don't want to. Yeah. I mean, I was young. I was very yeah. young. <laughs> we we all at one time we all worked there. Everybody yeah. in the band worked at Ides. But yeah, I mean, my uncle would take me to Ides and into Oakland back when the Beehive was open. Yeah, and, yeah there was. You know, I got to go cool to a bunch joint, of shows man. and see a lot of those places when I was really young. Yeah. And I've, you know, I have very vague memories of a lot of it just because I was so young. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Like, I still remember it being a thing. And just any time I'm in cool, Oakland man. now, it feels so weird. Yeah, it's. I, I drive through there and I'm like, ah, oh. and I'm always like, oh, that was that, that was that, that was that. We used to go, even when we got a little older, it was still kind of, I remember even in the, my thirties or something was cool because, it, you know, the decade was still there. There was, you know, Tony still had the tattoo shop up the street. There was, you know, uh, Bovers there. For, I mean, it was still, yeah. you know, the, the uh, record stores were still there. It was still kind of cool. And then all at once, bah, squashed yeah, everything. It felt like the, up until... I'm trying to think. I remember I would still when I was in. I mean, Logan like was still eighth, there. ninth grade. They had great like, shows. Yeah, like I, yeah, I would take. I lived in Swissville, and I would take the 61A yeah. into Oakland to go see shows and go to like from the Beyond and yeah. you know yeah, all those good. things. And 
probably around the time, like right before I graduated high school, I think was actually when Laga and the upstage and all that closed. Yeah. And then after that, it was just like toast. Oh, yeah. Because most of the well, other stuff had already closed up yeah. by the time that was done. Yeah. Yeah. They were the la- one of the last things holding on, which it was a three-tiered club. There was could always stuff the upstage, you know, smaller shows. And then the middle, what was that? The attic was it? The yeah, attic? I think I think it may have been. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that was kind of cool because I knew people there. If you if you could, you know, you're a, of age, you can go in there and drink. And James was working there, my buddy, and he's like a big rockabilly dude, and they'd have rockabilly shows there, you know. And then you know, top was Laga, which is, had tons of cool shit. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, everybody played there. It was it was a cool place to see shows too, you know. Except if you were over 21, you had to sit in that cage in the back for a while. You remember that? I wasn't 21 when Laga closed. Well, they had a cage. <laughs> they had a cage in the I back. I remember it, yeah. And it kind of sucked. And, like, I guess some some year they took it down, which was better. But, yeah, it was like a cage. It was like being in a fucking gerbil cage. Yeah, it's funny, like, thinking about – I remember at the time, I always thought that place was small. Yeah, but when I go back and I might see like video footage of it or photos, I'm like, this yeah. place was a lot bigger, bigger yeah. than I remember it being. And it's also yeah. because once it closed, nothing really replaced no, it. Nothing that replaced was that it. size. No, nothing replaced it. It was like I mean, they tried with the Rex, but the Rex is bigger. But yeah, there was nothing. That's why being in bands, man, you always like no matter if you didn't play with a club or what. When a club closed, it's like ooh, you know, that's a a place that you're not going to be able to play. Yeah. And, there, and it's it was, something going to take its place. Like now Hollers. Is I was closing, just going to say, yeah, which is, I hope they're going to move somewhere else. You know, when a pub closed, that crushed a lot of bands that were in that. Scene. Oh yeah. I mean, it was like, where are we going to go? And it was weird because then I used to be a pub dude because one of my best friends owned the pub. So whenever I wanted a show or I wanted to bring people, I'm like, Hey man, give me this date. And it was because we used to go down there and drink eviction practice in a warehouse down in the strip. And we used to go in the pub when it was a biker bar and I made friends with Joel. I knew him since I was a little kid. Cause my mom worked in some restaurant right behind it for years. So I knew Joel and he knew my family and shit. So we used to go in there and drink. And I was like, man, this is cool in here. You should have bands. He's like, ah, I want to get the money. Cause he had a remodel. It was like three separate rooms. <laughs> yeah. It was really weird in there. And it was like, yeah, they had like weird. It was total biker bar, man. Like, girls panties on the wall it was like a, <laughs> a scumbag place but it was cool i mean we used to go in there and just drink and it was cheap but uh he was always like ah you know he's he was a big rock and roll thing he loved you know music you know i'd, I'd see him at the decade see him you know uh he liked blues a lot so i'd see him you know and i like everything so i'd see him a decade he'd come shop at i's go to you know so uh when you know Long story short, we were like, hey, you got to put bands in here. He's like, ah, oh, when I get the money. We came in one day for practice to drink. Then I want to see all these, like, workers in there. We're like, what the hell is going on? He's like, I told you, I'm going to, someday when I have money, I'm going to make a band. And he did. And it was cool for years. It was, he would get everybody, man. All the, like, White Stripes played there. Uh, yeah. Super, I mean, everybody. And, uh, but, you know, that's another thing. Everybody got sick of the place and. Everybody thought it was cool to open up another bar, so people didn't go there no more. Oh, I don't like that biker stuff, you know, Joel's attitude, because Joel was a dude that didn't give a shit about what anybody said, you know? Sure. You know? But, and then when he, and there was a whole crew of bands that always were loyal. They're always played there. It was always cool. He always treated us fair. But when they closed, there was 30 bands who had nowhere to play, and 
it happened in my experience. I went to go book in other places and they're like, oh, you're a pub man. What do you want to play here for now? <laughs> I was just like, uh, okay, you don't want my people to come in. Front. No, no, it's cool, but you won't be top of our list if something's happening. I mean, they told me that shit to my face and I was just like, whatever, dude. I mean, yeah, if that's what, what you fuck? Got, Yeah. But I mean, it worked out in the end, but I'm like, you don't want people in here drinking? Okay. Have some crappy band that nobody's going to see. Yeah. You know, I'll bring bands from, you know, out of state or, you know, sign bands come in here and play and they're like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do that. But yeah, that left a big void in a lot of stuff. It's like everything else. I mean, probably, yeah. So hollers, who knows? They're supposed to reopen in East Liberty somewhere. Yeah. But you know how that shit goes. But it's going to be another three yeah, years yeah, I mean, before yeah. maybe even something comes Yeah. Up. And it's like, I think it's weird because. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading more into it because they're not saying where in East Liberty. Oh, yeah. You know, they're like, oh, East Liberty. They're like, well, okay, where? That's the type of thing where the day that they announced it, you had a bunch of people sharing the article that probably didn't even read it. Yeah. And then four hours later, oh, well, it's not. It's just going to reopen. It's like all of this is in the wind. It's like I've never even opened a business before, but I have friends that have opened businesses. You have a business, so you know what the fuck this is. And it's just like. It doesn't work overnight. Yeah, it's going to take a lot of time. It really, really sucks. And it's. Yeah, it's crazy. But Uh, I I, I appreciate. I hope (laughs) hope they open. I hope they open. I hope. You know, that's another. Yeah, I, I hope for the you best, know, too. A bust, but. Yeah, it's a great spot. It's not just like, oh, I can open a door and have. There's always dumb license shit. Yeah. Especially with trying to do a music venue. No, oh, yeah. You know, you'll have people live upstairs from you. You don't want to. Oh, oh, well, you're not going to have that in here. Yeah. We can't, we can't sleep. You know, you got to have it over by nine o'clock or whatever. Never works. Yeah. With you over the years, you've pretty consistently been in bands since eviction, right? Yeah, I never stopped. I think I stopped for like six months and I went crazy. Were you, was Eviction the first band that you were in? That was my, yeah, that was the first band. Well, I had a <laughs> high school band. We were horrible. Like, yeah, it was bad. But like, that was my first kind of real band. Yeah. Like taking promos and playing shows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we locked out a lot. We got in and we had a lot of knowledge and a lot of, well, not maybe no, yes. Yeah, knowledge. Because we were all working in record stores, and we all knew what was going on. We all were, like, into the underground. So we we kind of caught the wave early, you know. And Robbie, who's the guitar player, was managing uh, that band Dream Death. Okay. He was managing them guys. Oh, really? Yeah. And he talked to record companies all the time on the phone. He did. So he always had, like, a way in. You know what I mean? So when we got together and we started playing our first show ever playing was opening for nuclear assault at city limits hell yeah so where was city limits at it was in penn hills i think and now it's like a cvs it was okay. on Rhode Island road it was a at one time or still and when it was it was a uh, roller skating rink that would have shows slayer played there motorhead played That's there. like crazy dude crazy bands played there they're like bands are like they were faith no more played there who else Soundgarden played there i mean and it was a big just roller rink with a stage in it it was nuts and it was cool <laughs> and it was like it was in some parking lot strip mall in penn hills and like that's awesome yeah I man there was a six-pack store down the street of <laughs> hoagies and six packs you got your six packs there you stood in a parking lot drink cops never bothered you at all dude we had there was times out there 
uh, Spar Schmidt, who had Brave New World, who had a band called Necropolis, he was putting shows on back then. He would do this stuff called All Day Insanity, like starting like 10 o'clock Saturday and ending at 12 o'clock Saturday. Had like 30 bands on. Yeah. And we were out in a parking lot with grills and shit cooking. Fuck know? yeah, dude. And it was cool as shit. But it's like, it was a really cool venue. Side probably sucked. But it was like, fuck, Motorhead's playing there. Fucking mid- uh Dancing played there, you know. It was like on his first, on the first dancing tour. That's so crazy. Was, so, what was the cap on? Like, how many people could you fit in there? Maybe three hundred. Wow, three to five hundred. Wow, maybe? that's nuts. And it was like, like I said, it was a big, wide open arena type, like roller rink. That's what it was. Yeah, Penn Hills, huh? In Penn Hills. There's, a, it's a CVS now. It was on Rhode Island Road. I wonder why there's so many areas like. In the suburbs of Pittsburgh, your yeah. Penn Hills and et cetera, they have to have dead buildings that oh, yeah. somebody could easily put a venue in. I don't know why everybody's always so focused on doing stuff like inner city. You know why? Because our bus system sucks. You know, there's no public transportation out to it. Even that, th- there was a bus that I think went out front, but it was over by you'd sure. after after the show. You'd see dudes just hanging out, going, "You going into the city? Give me a ride." Yeah. I don't know how many times we're like told dudes getting back in the. That's when you could ride people in the back of your pickup truck, or like <laughs> get in the back of the truck. We'll take you. We'll yeah. take you where we're going, and then you find your way out of the city. Yeah, but yeah, out there, but it, people still went to it, man. It was yeah, crazy. It, it, I think if you, I don't want to say if you build it, they will come. That's yeah, some cliche shit, but. I feel that if you had a decent venue that was 15, 20 minutes outside the city, you got Lyft and Uber now. People oh, yeah, yeah. Now, get out yeah, there. now, yeah, now. But people are fucking lazy. <laughs> it's like they don't want to leave, you know, they oh, don't yeah. want to leave their couch. Yeah. You know, have- once they get home, take their shoes off, they're done. You know, but I don't know about, you know, maybe younger kids, but it's like, I don't know, man. I, I think about places, I see places, I'm like, oh, that would be a cool, you know, venue right there. That would be, you know. People try it and do it for a little bit, and I don't know. Maybe they make bad business decisions. You got to have money, dude, because so much. There, you know, you're gonna have some failures. You're gonna have this, you know. I say, oh, we got this band coming, but then you got to do advertising. Got to do, but but you got to build up, man. It takes. Why you can't do shit in six months? It takes. You know, I think I don't know exactly how long it took him to open that Roxy in place, but I feel like it was like they were working was on that building ever, for like dude. a decade almost. It was probably oh, longer than that. Yeah. Well, just look what happened when they did the uh, what is that? Uh, his other place, Thunderbird. Thun- oh yeah. It took. They were like, oh, six months. We're going to be out. That was almost like two years before they opened. Did you ever go in there yet? I haven't been in it yet. It looks great. Yeah, Never I've seen there. photos. That looks yeah. really cool. What they did, but like. Yeah, the rocks and my buddies just played, and that's the first time I saw. I went to uh, the Attic show there, and I was kind of like, "Oh, this is pretty, it's pretty nice in here, man. Cool little venue." And it's, you know, it's what it's in the Keys Rocks, ten yeah. minutes away from the city. I mean, I, supposedly it's doing all right. I went to the Descendant show there. Oh, I was packed, right? Yeah, and it was like it was cool, but it felt weird just because it's a little bit too nice. Right yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all. It's nice. like the paint has to get a little, yeah, yeah. a little crusty. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel in, a little I walked, better. I walked in. I was like. <laughs> I was downstairs in a, you know, downstairs they have all these dressing rooms and like this big like maze of stuff. And I'm like, man, this is too nice. And yeah, my buddies were from Baltimore. They're like, they were playing and they were just like, man, this is cool. Did you ever play here? I'm like, dude, this is the first time I've been here, you know? Yeah. But it's really nice and really clean. Everybody's really nice. Beer lines aren't that long. Beer isn't that, you know, <laughs> that expensive. It's, it's cool. 
But you always have somebody bitching about something, you know? Oh, of course. Oh, it's only this. This is this. I feel like a lot of the people that do the complaining, they're just, it's like, oh, you don't get out a whole lot. Or and like a lot of the, the house yeah. in like five years. Yeah. It, and then a lot of them too are like, it's, you know, hearsay. They, they never went there. They're just, oh, well, sure. They're just reciting bullshit that their buddy told them. Mm-hmm. Who their buddy was probably an asshole. <laughs> so, I swear. Yeah. Oh, okay. You can fucking swear. Okay. It's fine. But <laughs> I have a potty mouth. It's all good. So, where did you grow up? Like in Pittsburgh proper? Or are you, yes. do you claim any suburb? I'm not a suburb kid. I'm a scumbag from Mount Washington. Okay. I was the only punk rocker in Mount Washington. I think people wanted to beat me up all the time. <laughs> Even with my buddies, like I was like the, the weird one. But yeah, I grew up in my Washington, man. I used to go down to the city. Dude, I remember, it's really weird because uh, I remember going to the city with my friends because we used to take the incline down and just walk across the bridge. And my parents were always cool about that. You know, city used to be totally different. It was always tons of people everywhere. There was like 30 movie theaters down there. We used to go on Saturdays, just hang out and just go to like movies all day, you know. But I was like, oh, I remember seeing that movie as a kid. And I like looked it up just for the fuck of it to see what date it was and it was like nine um, get <laughs> anyway i was like nine years old and i was like my parents were letting me go in the city with my buddies at nine i was like i guess it was always like you can go in the city just don't go by the river it was always like and what did we do we used to go down about a river and yeah fuck with the barges and shit but of yeah course. yeah yeah but yeah I, I grew up in mount washington and i'm really weird my girlfriend always gets on me about this shit like we'll be somewhere like out of town or something there's like yeah i grew up in pittsburgh i'm like oh yeah where and they'll be like greensburg and oh, i get yeah. really mad i'm <laughs> like you're not from pittsburgh sure or even like monroeville i'm like you're not from pittsburgh man. pittsburgh is pittsburgh yeah they're like oh. and my only because she's from like Irwin. she's always like it's pittsburgh i'm like no it's not so yeah yeah i grew up in mount washington yeah right by the incline nice yeah i grew up in wilkinsburg and my uncle my uncle always used to we would take the the eva bus way straight to eyes straight to eyes straight to eyes and it was funny because by the time i became like eight eight nine years old I would like tell my grandma like oh, I'm just gonna go skateboard up the street. Yeah. And I started like saving up bus money and just taking the EBA in the town. So I learned how to take the yeah, bus. Yeah, I started yeah. learning the route real oh, early. Yeah, yeah. I remember like just one time I came home with a CD and everybody was wondering like where did, where did the CD come from? Yeah, and it wasn't at odds. I had taken the uh, the 61A into Squirrel Hill to go to the National Record. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, bought like <laughs> a corn CD or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny, man. Yeah, it's like especially you know when you're that close to the city. And that's why I like went to a lot. Dude, I was seeing shows. I saw so many great shows at the Stanley Theater when that was downtown, which is the Benham now. Okay. But that used to have tons. And, I, and you always had, from living there, you always had buddies that worked there. You had, I had a buddy who worked, you know, selling popcorn. So it was like, just come down and tell the guy at the door you're my buddy. He'll let you in. So I used to see tons of cool concerts there, man. And then there was another way. You go on the side and they had a uh, fire escape. And you could jump on the dumpster and grab on the fire escape and pull it down. And you could walk up the fire escape and go in the one window upstairs. And you could always go in the sea <laughs> So we had our little scams to just to see. Yeah, I mean, dude, I, tons of cool shows there. Like weird, like rock shows. Everybody's like, oh, did you ever see this band? I'm like, yeah, I saw them there. You know? Saw so so ACDC with Bon Scott at the 
Stanley Theater. You know, it's like crazy shit, man. That's so sick. Yeah, because I'm old. I guess I saw a lot of yeah. cool shit, you know? remember seeing the Ramones play a hallway down in on 5th. It was a place called Heaven. It was a dance club. But basically, you walk in, it was a hallway. It was, I think it's right by – I forget what theater that is down there. By a, I think it's like the City Club or something now or some shit. But you would walk in. It was big marble, like kind of hallway, and then these big steps that went up. Hence the thing, heaven. Okay. But they would build a stage across the steps, and I saw the Ramones there on the Pleasant Dreams tour. I was I was funny because I wasn't old enough, and it was a twenty one and over show, and I was I think I was like seventeen or eighteen. And I went down there, and I was like a total Ramones fan. I had to made my homemade Ramones thing. I, <laughs> I carved uh, one of the linoleum print. Yeah, I had a Ramones shirt. And I was hanging out front. I went down there at twelve o'clock, like it was like on a Thursday or something. And I went down there, and I just I skipped school and just hung out all day, just wanted to hear a sound check or wanting to meet him. One, yeah, never saw him. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna stay and just listen to him outside. I guess one of the, they, all these people were getting in. It was like a box office out front. The dude's like letting people in, letting people in. Everybody went in. I'm still standing there. And the dude goes, hey. And I knock it on a glass. I'm like, what? He goes, are you going to go in or what? You've been here all day. And I'm like, uh, yeah. He's like, so I gave him my eight bucks. Didn't card me or nothing. Went right in, dude. I was like, hell yeah. You know, got went up to the bar, got a beer. Because I, <laughs> I was in bars before. So I was just like, because I used to roadie for some bands. I knew I didn't order drinks you know it was yeah better. it was cool as shit they played great went there myself they played fucking fantastic got to talk to uh johnny ramone after for like an hour really fucking cool that's why everybody talks shit on johnny i'm like fuck you it was really nice to me when i fucking saw him so yeah it was really cool how did you find music back then magazines that's, I was a, so that's it it's i was like a total, going into I was town a, like i was a, a, yeah. yeah and i was a record store dude and i was totally weird like I'd cut school or go in late to school because I knew the time the drugstores were getting their magazines in. <laughs> so this is what, yeah, it was like I get like Roxine magazine, Circus, and Hit Parader. Yeah, and then there was all these like other weirdo things, you know, it's offshoots of those. But that that were the I knew when they came in, like you know, it was like the second uh, week of the month. So I would go there and just sit out front be late for school because i needed the new circus or roxine magazine and i would just that i was a total weirdo music geek you know what's funny is that it wasn't too different for me because i was hit parader still existed when yeah, i was yeah, coming yeah. up and then there was also like metal hammer yeah, revolver yeah, yeah like those were magazines i was reading in high school because the internet existed but it wasn't yeah. like on my in my fucking yeah, pocket yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah, 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 I mean? yeah. I didn't even have a cell phone until after I graduated. Yeah. So I'm like one of the last generations I think yeah, to yeah, go yeah. through entirely school without all that stuff. But it was the same thing for me. I didn't have a lot of friends that listened to any of the metal stuff. It was like I just had the knowledge from my dad uh-huh. and my uncle. Yeah. And then then it like transitioned though because the stuff I started listening to. It's like I, I grew up listening to like Maiden and Metallica and all that yeah. stuff and I always loved it. But then like the you know corn and slipknot and all that yeah, stuff yeah, started yeah, happening yeah. so i was into that yeah 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 yeah, I'm yeah fucking 14 i'm gonna be in oh, the yeah. slipknot you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah yeah and uh but it was all like finding magazines and tearing the pictures out and hanging them up in oh, the bedroom dude. wall and all that stuff when i found 
I was I was a weird kid. Like I was always hanging out with dude. I was in sixth grade hanging out with dudes in like high school, just because like music thing. Sure. Like I I'd, I'd hang out with like you know I had my friends, but then I'd you know their older brothers who would like music. I'd start kind of hanging out with them guys. You know. Uh huh. So yeah, I was shit, ninth grade hanging out with like seniors and stuff because because eighth grade music wise, and uh I remember when I was probably sixth grade or something. I was in some crazy like camp kind of thing, like a after school program for Methodist kids. But I was a Catholic kid, but my buddy was Methodist. He's like, Yeah, you gotta come here. It's kind of cool. But they had a camping <laughs> trip and we went out and uh there was a, they took older dudes too who were, you know, in like high school. And the one kid bring his portable stereo and all these records, you know, like deep purple records, Kiss Alive One when it just came out and I never heard of kiss before. And he had kiss alive one. And I was just like, totally like fell in love with the record. dude. Just like yeah. looking at it, looking at all the like, Oh my God, these dudes are like superheroes and shit. So I was a kiss freak from like 76 to, mm-hmm. till I heard Gene Simmons actually talk. And then <laughs> But uh, I got a Gene Simmons tattoo. I mean, it's, but but my whole room was just yeah. like evolved around Kiss. And then from there, you know, you'd read, oh, Kiss took their stuff from the New York Dolls or talked their stuff. And I oh, was yeah. just like, oh, I got to check this band. I got to check this band. Out. Oh, I go see Kiss and they're, oh, this is band's opening. And so it was, yeah, I was a total Kiss freak. I cut out little pictures this big and TV guide and put them all on just because like my whole room was colossal yeah. Kiss shit. But, and then that got the ball rolling with, like, when everybody talks about, you know, talks shit on Kiss, I was like, dude, it was the band that got me into everything. I feel like there's no fucking way, if you like rock and roll in, in to any degree, if you were that age at that time, oh, it was there's no insane, fucking way that you dude. would not and love it, Kiss. And this was before all the dolls and shit, too. I remember I was, I had yeah. dreams like Gene Simmons walking around. I, I never saw Kiss, like, <laughs> you know, I, I think he was this eight foot tall dude, you know, and then I, then my uh, my first date, my cousin was dating some kid in high school, and uh, he had a sister. I think we were like seventh or eighth grade, and they thought it'd be cute to try to fix us up. Okay. And our first date was a, a Kiss concert. No shit. And I really didn't give a shit about her. <laughs> I was just like this. They're like, and my cousin's like, hold her hand. I'm like, I was just totally fascinated with the Kiss show. I didn't give a shit about anything. And then after that, it was like. That's all I care about. What was your first big concert? Do you remember? My first big concert? Yeah. It's going to sound really lame. That's fine. The Carpenters with uh, Paul Revere and the Raiders. Paul Revere's tight, dude. Yeah, it was cool, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I was a little kid, but I remember that. Like, I played in marching band and when I was really little. And uh, we went to Notre Dame, and uh, they had a, it was, that was the concert for us. It was uh, yeah, Paul Revere and the Raiders, Cherokee people. I remember I played that, and then the Carpenters. And it was really cool because Carpenters were playing like in the middle of the arena, and uh, they call it you know before you couldn't go onto the floor, and then the Carpenters called all the everybody down to the floor, so we ran down to the floor. Okay, it was really weird. I mean, it's a Carpenters, but I'm old. I'm sorry, but I don't even know what year that was. Maybe. Yeah, it's it's interesting the way that live music I feel has changed. I imagine like a lot of the those 
bigger shows that were happening around that time. I feel like that's kind of a new thing, like the idea of a big rock and roll concert. Dude, I went to that one crazy show with ZZ Top at the stadium when I was a young kid. And that was at Three Rivers. It was nuts. Yeah, it's like nobody probably had it figured out how no, to logistically do this like correct yet. Three people died and like <laughs> people were falling off. They were trying to walk up. If you ever remember Three River Stadium had those weird kind of yeah. people were walking there and falling off. Somebody tried to climb up the backstop of the of the uh fuck the stadium uh, the, <laughs> the baseball backstop and yeah. fell off and shit. It was yeah, it was young and people throwing fireworks and shit. I remember that. It was crazy. It was top T for Texas store. I don't even know why my parents like let me go to these. <laughs> my parents were like fairly younger. I think my mom had me when she was 16 and she was yeah. always like a big Rolling Stones fan and all this shit. And my dad always liked like our Motown stuff. So it was like, I heard a lot of different things and uh, yeah, they didn't concerts were fine. I could go to concerts, you know? Yeah. It was Parties. Sick. It was like, no, you can't go to that party, but you can go to this concert. I'm like, eh, concerts kind of works in the party. Yeah. I remember sitting there and dudes like passing joints and they're, we're like, oh, sure. you know, 10 years old. They're like, Ehh. and like sitting in like the civic arena and just looking over to top, up top and it just covered in like weed smoke. Dude. Yeah. It was nuts. Yeah. My parents didn't really give a shit either. My mom was probably 16 or 17 when she had me. That was like 18, 19, yeah. you know, just like they, they, ca- my, they cared enough, my, but my, like, it's like my mom loved poison and my dad was all, you know, Megadeth and, yeah, yeah. and shit. And, uh, they just didn't care. And like they worked all the time too. So like my mom's brother watched me all the time. Yeah. He was the one that would take me down. The yeah, yeah, like, yeah. 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 I, I saw, uh, I went, I saw the cramps and Reverend Horton heat at Metropole. And I was oh, probably okay. like nine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why are you taking me to the, I'm stoked, but it definitely like just changed my whole perspective yeah. on shit. And I'm really thankful for it because like, now i mean just even growing up through my teens like stuff that a lot of people took as being like weird or off i'm like this is nothing yeah i just grew up around what, seeing yeah, that's insane like, stuff that's like my brother like my mom had a like my, my brother who was 11 years younger than me so as like he would listen to me more than me he would listen to my dad i mean even to this day but like he was always coming around he'd sing at eviction shows and he'd he was, I got pictures. He's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. yo tall. But like, I take him, he saw like all kinds of cool shit. He saw all kinds of cool shit at the banana because I'd take him and he was like, you know, 10, 12. Went to, you know, he got, saw the Ramones at like the Syria Mosque. I took him, uh, I took him to see like the stray cats at the, at the uh, Stanley Theater, U2 at the Fulton. Like, he saw all kinds of cool bands. I don't know. That's how it was. And then even like my son, Derek was always around seeing shows i'd take him you know all kinds of places too and he you know you know derek he yeah he's into music and it's funny is i i, I know derek and I, pro- I probably see you more than or, i see him now or porter as they yeah call yeah. <laughs> yeah when people call him porter, i'm like huh? oh my, yeah Derek. <laughs> but yeah he was you know he was always around music too so you know he was there when we were practicing he was always you know I take him in eyes when he was little as hell. He's like, I remember going eyes behind this. And he's the same thing. He's like, you know, he was getting into that corn and yeah. slipknot and shit. I was always like, yeah, we're like the same age. So yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely like there was that stuff that was around and I liked it, but it was always like my parents' music. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had to find it. He had to find his so own So like, way. I, you know, it was like, okay, cool. Like I like, I still 
I always like liked extreme music, but yeah. it, it, it all came back around. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I love all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those things you can't listen to. You're trying to find your own. Yeah, you you don't want your own shit. And it was funny. I was like, ah, you you know, when they were little, they're like, yeah, they'll like that for a little bit. Then they were like, they're gonna get their own way. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I guess. I mean, I'm all listening to the same stuff my parents listen to. You know, that was a good gateway into stuff. But you know, I think it would be weird if they were liking the same. Yeah. You know, like to this day, there's I have buddies that they're them their kids like the same shit, and I'm always like, I always feel I, I have no problem with the Beatles. But anytime I, I see like a young kid like wearing a Beatles shirt or even like a Jimi Hendrix shirt, it's yeah. just like it's so it's like how or why yeah. are people still yeah, I don't digging know. all this? It's like I again, I, think I, I have no the- issues with it. It's just so interesting that it's still like the Beatles, the greatest rock band yeah, of all time. I went to the Beatles, I think, in high school for like ten minutes, and I was just like. Because somebody like, hey, check out these Beatles. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. But yeah, I don't like the Beatles. Like, I was <laughs> just like, I didn't, I guess I didn't get it. You know what I mean? There's people that get it and love it. And I'm just like, eh. I the just, thing that's just wasn't there. The me. thing that blows my mind the most about the Beatles is that they were, they weren't even a band for a decade. No. It was such a they short were, amount it, of time. It was, and it was I, just like hyperspeed. I, what I they think put out it like was 14 albums in like eight years or something. It was all fucking timing, man. I guess maybe there was nothing going on, you know, and they came in with something different. I'm always a stones dude. You know, it's you either like the Beatles or the stones. I like the stones because they're just dirtier yeah. and just nasty. My uncle was a stones dude. Yeah. Too. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Beatles too clean, man. I want fucking dirty fucking rock. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Beatles. It's like in high school too. Like, you know, there was like the weird, you know, I was a weirdo because I didn't like, you know, the Doors. I I mean, the Doors were all right, but I was never a big Doors fan. You know, at the time it was like, Doors, man, yeah, Led Zeppelin. I mean, I appreciate Led Zeppelin, but like you give me a Led Zeppelin record and a Ramones record. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to take, take that Ramones sure. record. You know, it's just like, I just wasn't into them. Dude. What about Pink Floyd? When I had my dope smoking period, I kind of <laughs> liked them, I guess. I mean, they were always all right. Yeah. You know, it was just like, okay, that's cool. I, and me personally, I was the kind of dude to be like, yeah, that's cool you like that. I wasn't like, I grew up with dudes like, you don't like that? You're a fucking asshole, man. What the fuck? Oh, and sure. I was like, and I was always like. There's still people like that. Oh yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> Can't believe you don't like it. It's like no, but yeah, I was never into Pink Floyd either. Like, I guess you know, I had a cassette, like Dark Side of the Moon. I used to listen to it to go to sleep to, but that's yeah. not it. I mean, whatever. The Wall came out was kind of cool, but I was never like, I love them. They're great. So I'm curious about like you're into rock music you're listening to kiss ramones all those bands right yeah and then things start to get a little hecticer in the realm of heavy music you have your metallicas your slayers these bands start to come out you know oh, yeah yeah i mean like and then obviously you eventually end up being a part of it with eviction doing like the thrash well, with, stuff with, but like what was it like just like whenever that bubble first started coming up and well, bands that, were doing that like extreme stuff it wasn't that to me it wasn't that much of a fucking jump because i was already into like old like punk rock at the time yeah, okay yeah so you know there was like af like agnostic front and fucking verbal abuse and you know necros the misfits so i was already new kind of heavier shit 
and, you know, it was always fast. Yeah, I guess like extreme. the Metallica Kill 'em All era stuff was. Uh, I, when that came out, I saw them on that tour. I knew who they were. I went to see them. It was that they, they played with uh, Raven. It was Kill 'em All for one tour. I saw them in Cleveland. So I was knew who Metallica was. Yeah. So from, you know, just being on the underground and tape, there were a lot of things we used to tape trade. That's, I got into this whole tape trading thing, you know? And that's how I met Robbie, who was in Eviction with me. We were like, we're, there was a band, a local band that I roadied for that were called Death Vengeance. Larry, you know Larry DeGuelo? No. He works, he was the road manager for Rusty Group for years. He uh, run, maybe if I saw him. You'll know him. See, yeah. he's bald dude now. But he uh, he runs, uh, he's a road, he does everything for uh, production at, uh, no, what's that place in, uh, with the bowling thing? The big sh- place that shows South Hills. Gosh. I'm not sure, unfortunately. Yeah, they have shows out there all the time. Where they still have shows? Yeah, yeah. It's like a bowling thing and a half of shows. Craft House. Oh, okay. He runs the Craft House. Well, he works for. I haven't been out the, there the, yet. The, the, who's ever bringing the. Yeah. Adresky, maybe. Yeah. But he worked at Metropole. But anyway, back years, I'm talking about when I was in high school, he's a little older than me. My buddy was playing drums with his band. His band was called Death Vengeance. And they were way, way ahead of the curve. They were doing new wave of uh, British metal stuff, covers and motorhead covers, dead Kennedy covers, tank covers back in like the eighties before anybody. So I roadied for them dudes. So, and they were, we, there was a, you heard of Kerrang, right? Yeah. Kerrang was, we'd get Kerrang and sounds all from England. So we kind of knew. Ahead of the curve, what was coming? So, because English, English always, English press always knew what's cooler than American <laughs> shit. Sure. So, yeah, we were always ahead of the curve, and we knew about Metallica. We were like this band. I remember my, I made my mom. She worked at a costume store or something on a up in Uptown, and below them was a record distributor. And I made her a whole list of the records I wanted for. Uh, for Christmas and that, and that kill them all just came on. I mean, and I made her get me that, but anyway, I knew Metallica. And like I said, I saw them on the first tour. So it was, but so kinda, it, did, it just it, didn't feel like a huge shift for it you. did. It did. It did. It was like all at once. It was like, Oh shit. Did you know, before you were getting the, now you're getting the, uh, with punk, you got digression with not really a lot of guitars or a lot of, musicianship but now you're getting it with oh these dudes can play and they're fucking heavy as shit and then you know from, from then it goes to slayer and then fucking you know i saw all them bands on their first fucking tour dude we used to take buses and go fucking see them you know i remember i saw maiden i saw maiden when they had paul diano in pittsburgh and then you know we heard where'd they play at do you remember stanley oh, so, okay and then they played the arena they opened i forget who they opened for at the arena too but then you know, we heard they lost a singer. You know, they kicked out Deanna. We're like, oh, what's this new singer about? My buddy's like, oh, man, because we used to get papers from Cleveland, too. You know, we'd go see shows in Cleveland, so we'd grab, like, a newspaper, you know, like a city paper from Cleveland, see who's coming. And it was a show. It was uh, Iron Maiden, Girl School, and the Scorpions. Fuck. And it was Iron Maiden's uh, Number to Beast didn't come out yet, but it was just coming out. And we went and saw that tour. That was a fucking whole epic how to get there. We, we figured we're dumb kids. And we're like, okay, it's in Cleveland. Let's just get a bus to Cleveland and then we'll go see the show. 
So we get a bus to Cleveland here. The, the show's at Richfield Coliseum, which is 45 minutes out of the city, which no buses run to. Uh-huh. So we're like, it's like two o'clock in the afternoon. We're like, we get the bus station. We're like, how do I get to Richfield Coliseum? They're like, you don't get to Richfield Coliseum. There's no buses go out there. We're like, what? They're like, well, there's a bus at five o'clock that goes out to drop people off at a park and, you know, park and ride thing. You can get it to there and then walk two miles. So that's what we ended up doing. <laughs> so we ended up walking to Richmond Coliseum. We weren't figuring out how we we're going to get home, but we had to be at the bus station by six in the morning to get a bus back home. We ended up hitchhiking after the show and fucking Robbie, it was an eviction. We kind of knew each other, but not really, but we knew each other to t- you know, say, Hey, what's up, dude? I was hitchhiking. That motherfucker drove right past me, man. Because <laughs> to this day, he goes, hey, man, I remember seeing you hitchhiking <laughs> in the middle of nowhere in Cleveland. I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> but yeah, we hitchhiked, got like three rides into the city and then got there, man. We were fucking dedicated, dude. Dedicated. So what's the most out of your way you've gone to see a show in like the past decade? You've been hitchhiking at all? <laughs> No, taking any buses? No, (laughs) nothing crazy. But I go, I go, I constantly go out of town to see shows. Yeah, constantly. I'm shit. I got to go to three shows. I'm going to Baltimore and Philly. Two shows, and the next month, oh, and Columbus. I'm gonna see uh, Rose Tattoo in Columbus and Dayton. I'm gonna go see uh, Amo and the Sniffers in Baltimore and Cleveland, and I'm gonna go see. the mummies in Philly. So, oh no shit. I still When's go that? March or May. That's fun. March, April, May. Yeah, May. I go, dude. I, I constantly go to shows. My old lady wants to kill me because, like, <laughs> I, I'm in my own business, so I can leave and go wherever. Yeah. And she always wants to be included, and it's always like, oh yeah, wait, I got tickets to that show. When is it? And I'm like, oh, it's, it's a Thursday. She's like, I got to call off work in two days, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I forget you don't work for yourself. <laughs> But yeah, I still go to shows. I'm still, you know, dude, I play two bands. I go to shows constantly. I run two businesses. So I'm always around. Sunday's my day off. Yeah. And I'm still not. So when did you decide, I guess, I don't know if growing up's the right way to put it, but deciding to uh, stop working for other people and start a business? What, what was that move like for Ni- you? What was going on? 1991. Okay. So is that like post eviction? Yeah, it was right when we broke yeah. up. Yeah. And uh, I was working at Ides. I think maybe about 90. Uh, well, that's when I started to tell you. It was probably 92 that I left Ides. And uh, I left because they fired me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, and I just took everything and I opened up a tattoo shop in Etna, PA. Etna? What I was opened- Etna like in the early 90s? Ah, it, was, <laughs> it was a crazy it was it's crazy still hanging on right now yeah it was crazy it was like <laughs> we used to call the etnoids okay. we just had the weirdest yeah me and my me and my f- a friend at the time who worked at ides we decided just hey man it's we're into this tattooing thing we've been i was already tattooing out of my house so it was like i guess i got a i was scared dude we had a bite the bullet. I only had so much money. It was like, yeah. but like my house was set up like a tattoo shop. So I didn't need anything. It was just that, oh shit, I'm going to have to rely on all this for my income. Totally. So we took the step and it was good. It was hard for a couple of years. I opened in Atna. I left Atna. We, I opened up Iron City Inc. in 
It was Ernst V. Inc. and Aetna, which turned into Jester's Court because I was partners with the guy in Jester's Court. I moved to Oakland right across the street from Chiefs. I was there for years. And then, no, I went to Strip. I was in a Strip wow. district. Moving around a lot. Yeah, I was in a strip for a while, and then it just got really weird down there. But that was – when we were down there, it was cool. That's when Metropole was happening. Yeah. So it was like – it was good and bad. We were tattooing all kinds of bands, and, like, we knew everybody at Metropole. So we were, like we – could go up and did a private club. We had fucking passes. We thought we were rock stars <laughs> to get – and, like, yeah, we were rock stars to get up there, but it was like we weren't – getting any discounts on booze sure and at the time we were all drunks and you know we'd blow three four hundred bucks on booze at a night and then we're like so say i sure let them in yeah yeah and then like the (laughs) next day we're like at work we're like oh shit we gotta make up that money so we're like okay this tattoo will be 150 this will be you know trying to decide what we're gonna you know so yeah but we it was fun dude and after that we i moved to up to Oakland, and then from there, I moved to Shadyside, where I've been for like 17 years. When you were getting into doing tattooing, what came first, wanting to tattoo or doing art? Doing art, because I went to Art Institute, and I couldn't get a fucking job. Oh, okay. And, I, and it was like, well, I quit early anyways, but like nobody can, <laughs> nobody, Art Institute, their thing was, if they if you got a job at McDonald's, they considered that job placement. Oh. It was fucking horrible, dude. All the dudes I ever went to school with there, I think two dudes got really good jobs. Everybody else was like, and that was before computers too. And then, you know, later on when it was like, oh, you got to learn this computer thing. And I was like, hey. Oh, so you were like in the middle of all that. I was before that shit. And I was just like out of it. It was all copy and fucking paste with, you know, tracing paper and all that shit. And I couldn't get a job, but I met from being in bands. I met some kid in Cleveland, uh, Dave Araka, who uh, played in a band called the Young Guns down in Cleveland, and he played in Integrity, played in all kinds of bands. But he he moved up here to go to art school, and he first when he called, I was like, "Hey man, I'm up in Pittsburgh. I'm fucking with this tattoo stuff." But but at the same time, my buddy, who I was getting tattooed by, uh, Chris Garver, who's some big famous tattooer now, who's on <laughs> Miami Inc., was tattooing out of his house. He's some punk rock skinhead dude that yeah. we used to hang out with all the time. So I had two dudes that were my buddies that were into tattooing, and they were and they were just like, "This is just tattoo, man, just tattoo." So they helped me get equipment, and I started learning, and that's who taught me how to tattoo. And then I started doing it out of my house. I had a whole shop in my house because. Business was good. <laughs> yeah. You know, I could fuck up my friends. You know? It was like, <laughs> and uh, so I, my whole house, I was in my Washington. I had a whole house. You walked in, it was a tattoo shop in my house. You know, But then, you know, after odds, I, I just took the step and it was scary. Like I said, for years, it was, it was living really tight. You know, I was like, oh. But, and you're still playing in bands and going to shows yeah, and trying to do all that. Yeah, I was still doing dumb that. shit. Yeah. It's like, yeah, and it was. Do you think it would have been easier if you wouldn't have been doing the dumb shit? Financially? No, because by the <laughs> I, I, You know, yeah, probably. It probably would have been easier. Probably would have been, you know. But I'm sure there's. 
plenty of experience and stories oh, yeah, that dude. you wouldn't oh, dude, trade stuff for I anything. wouldn't trade for the world, man. Back then, it was like four dudes. And, you know, there was the old guys tattooing. But the new guys, there was only like four or five of us. And, you know, that was almost like being in a fucking band. How many tattoo shops were in the city then? Was there, it like it is now? None. Okay, yeah. There's none in the city. Me, a guy, a kid named Guy Asper for old punk rock dude, and uh, Tony Urbanic, who owns Inka Dinka Do, we tried to open down the street from the decade in like 1990, 91 or something. We had the building. We were working on it and everything. It was coming along great. We had to go to a hearing, and they denied us. Wow. So it's like we lost all kinds of money. And then from there, that's when I went to uh, Aetna. And I believe Tony went to work for Bruce for a while. But he ended up opening up in Oakland. You know, he was probably one of the first ones in the city. You know, and then we came, then I came back into the strip district. There was this like crazy rule that, that had no bearing that they thought you weren't allowed to open in the city because nobody did. So we were like, oh, you can't open a city. That, that was the rumor, but you could. <laughs> but, yeah, and there was only, or I, I can count on my hand how many of us, and we were like, we're, we're tattooers. We're, you know, it was, yeah. it was a lot different. Uh, like everybody, you could throw a fucking piece of turd and hit a fucking tattooer. Oh, yeah. And a, you probably hit a kid with a mohawk on the way. Yeah, a kid with a mohawk. <laughs> shit tattoos all over their fucking face. It's so funny. So it's like now I feel it's, it's good that things are accepted and you, obviously you don't want people calling people names and yeah. beating people up because they, yeah. you know, you don't want to deal with that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also like this idea of like counterculture. Where is it gone? What is it? There, yeah, what is And I mean, like everything's too safe anymore. There's no counterculture, right? Is there? No. I don't know what like. What did I love being called a freak back in the day. Yeah, it was what, like cool. But what like, does anybody do to like, it's like that whole idea of like individuality and standing out and, but everything's just like homogenized. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know yeah. what, I, yeah, I don't know what it takes to be a, I mean, even if you're a freak, you're not like, allowed, you're not allowed like to be I, called a freak. You don't have an Instagram. So you're, you're yeah. a weirdo. That's like yeah. all you can do now. And yeah. It's like, I kind of like being, I don't know. I guess there's new stuff to people like being weird, but like. Yeah, it's I'm dude, I'm totally not PC and like but like I bite my tongue a lot of things. A lot of shit I think I think it's funny, but it's you know, people get all weirded out and so I don't <laughs> go there. I mean I have at my shop I have a lot of uh, shit. I have, I have Jesus Christ, everybody works there's younger than me. But like from different scenes, you know, I got yeah, I got I got girls working for me. I got like three girls, I got fucking you know, four dudes on that shop. Then I got another shot. It's, it's pretty diverse. You know, I, I think I'm pretty diverse, but like, yeah, there's no like weird counterculture, man. I, I mean, I guess. Yeah. You made me like, think about that, dude. It's like, <laughs> I haven't thought about it, but like, yeah, you, yeah. What's, what's weird anymore. I mean, and even if it's weird, you can't call it weird because it's, what do you call me weird? Sure. I mean, I used to love you. You're a fucking weirdo. I'm like, okay, good. You know, I'm, you know, I got a blue mohawk. I'm in 12th grade. Okay. Yeah. Maybe 12th grade. I, <laughs> in the books, it's 12th grade. Yeah. I, I, I honestly don't know. It's, 
it's so I mean it was cool to be a metalhead. It was cool to be a funk of punk rocker, you know? It was it was cool to be outside yeah. of everything. It's so interesting how everything's changed. Now it's like the the cool thing is you see like I don't know how you feel about this, but you'll see like 18-year-old kids like with covered in face tattoos that are like yeah, rapping and stuff I, now. I, like, I don't understand. What's that, that whole yeah, the what's fa- that been like seeing tattoo. that whole thing? I mean, it's cool. Like, if you're in an industry, I mean, whatever, dude. That's what you do. But I don't know, you know, I just don't understand it. I guess I guess that's another it's not a rebellion anymore because how many people have them? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oh well, cool. I remember when I got my neck and hands done tattoo tattooed back in the nineties, early nineties, mid nineties. And it was like a I big deal. To, I had to think about it. I was like, dude, I'm going on my neck. I got my neck done first, and I'm like, I'm going on my neck. That's oh yeah, that's pretty crazy. You can get your neck tattooed now and get a job. Uh, you can be a store manager at Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, it's neck like tattoo. crazy. It doesn't matter. Oh yeah, we used to call them like job stoppers. Yeah, you get a job stopper. You know, now you get people want. Sh- we get young girls come in 19 years old and shit on their hands and face. It's like no other tattoos. <laughs> It's like, I want something on my hand. I want something right here. I, I feel like social media changed all that. They just want to be able to take the picture. I guess. I'm like, dude, it took me 30 years to get my head. T- I mean, you know, my forehead tattooed. But it's like, and these people are getting shit on their face. I mean, I have friends with people shit all over their face. Yeah. Like, it just I seems like know. a bold move to do before it's you're 21. Pre- it's pretty bold. When you don't even have a career. You know? Yeah, but like I said, it doesn't matter now. They're not really yeah, job stoppers yeah. anymore. Yeah. But it's just a matter of like if you want to. I mean, you're not getting, you're not going to be like uh, president of some company with, you know, big dagger on the side. Well, one may argue that anybody that's 19 years old and wants a dagger tattooed on their face is already not taking the steps to be no, a president of no, anything. No. Most likely. And we're always like, and the thing is, is which is kind of crazy, it's like their parents bring them in. I'm like, you're okay with them getting their face tattooed? Oh yeah, we we kind of like, you know, you use our discretion, but you know, I just think it's weird, man. Yeah, you know, what uh, can you do? I remember when Derek wanted to get something on his head, and he sent me a picture of it, whole side of his. Oh head. yeah, and I it was peeking out like this far. I called Pete. I'm like, motherfucker, you better move that stencil back, like. <laughs> He's like, what? I'm like, move that fucking. And he was the whole time. He's like, your dad's going to kill me. I do this tattoo. I'm like, I don't mind getting his head, head tattooed, but I don't want to peek it out on the side, dude. I mean, who knows? And that's when he was younger, too. I was like, yeah. Dude, he don't know. What I remember doing. when he got his head tattooed. Yeah. yeah. You know, but now he's in, he's basically, he's in the tattoo industry, so he can do what he wants. But yeah, he was like, I'm glad you said that. I'm like, yeah, I didn't want that. poking out on your fucking face, dude. So. And I'm, I don't know, I'm a fucking, you know, he's my kid. Yeah. <laughs> so here you are, you know, all these years later, uh, a business owner still playing in rock and roll bands, a father. Three times. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like, uh, would you have thought that you'd be in this position two decades ago, three decades ago? No. No, no, no. I didn't know what I wanted to do, man. And it was weird because my youngest was like, same thing. He's like, I don't know what I want to do. I'm like, dude, you're 17 years old. Just there's a couple of years to figure out what you want to do. Totally. I mean, it took me. I mean, I, I, every day, man. I just thank God. I, I mean, I lucked out, dude. I totally lucked out. Yeah, I, I, 
I would say so. Probably. You know, it's like I got good people around me. I got, you know, and I just. I think that's the biggest thing is this the environment that's around you. I feel yeah. like you can, you can really let some chaos into your life, but you got to just be mindful oh, of yeah. and the, it was the ton, people yeah, that are around you. Yeah. And you know what? A lot of, you know, I didn't do a lot of drugs. So it's like I was a drinker more than a drugger. That probably helped. Yeah, that helped a lot. <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't blow a lot of money on cocaine. Yeah, so. but yeah, I mean, I'm. I think about that every day. I'm like, dude, I, you know, I still go and buy fucking a couple hundred dollars worth of fucking records. You know what? You know, I'm a goof. You know, <laughs> I basically still do. I still buy like weird Japanese toys. It's like, you know, people walk in my house. They're like. <laughs> You know, it's not like, is your parents home? It's like, uh, <laughs> this is one huge just man cave. I'm like, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I do what I want and, you know, it's happy. Hell yeah. That's all it is. So when's this eviction show? It is it- June 18th at Spirit. We're playing with crazy cool bands. We're playing with a band called Overdose from New York that are really good. We're playing with a. Uh, Another band called Acid Witch. That's really cool. But yeah, we're headlining June 18th, 30 year anniversary of us playing together. It, you know, it's. Do you think this is going to be the only show you're going to do a couple We already others? got, we got offers to do festivals. Yeah. So I don't know, dude. Like, you know how it is being a band. You break up for a reason. <laughs> yeah. So everybody's on their best behavior now. Like me and Robbie, we were in Silver Tongue Devil together, and we had a really good run. We did put I don't know how many seven inches out. We put a bunch of records out, toured Europe twice, toured the states. And then, you know, then, you know, at the airport, you fight coming home from Europe, and it's over. And then I started cheats in '91. But it's like, when's that? You know, you're always on your best behavior. You know, you know, you know, weird old shit to creep in. Yeah, you know, you're waiting for that. You started cheats in ninety one or two thousand one? Two thousand one. Okay. Yeah. Correcting you. Yeah, yeah. Did I say ninety one? You said ninety one, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I started, like, that doesn't sound right. I started two thousand one <laughs> in uh Frankfurt Airport. <laughs> Very specific memory, Yeah, huh? for, yeah. It was like fighting about Silver Tongue Devil. I'm like, fuck you, I'm gonna start my new band. Hell yeah. Well, I could sit here and talk with you for another hour or so. I'm sorry. I just talked. No, no. It's all good. It's all good. We're going to, I'm going to wrap this up, but we'll do this again sometime. Cool. Thanks for inviting me. I'd love to have you back. There's so much more I'm curious about with just all the stuff. So with all that being said, let's do an outro. And that is all folks. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. One more time. Todd Porter. He's here. (laughs) How about it? Bore you guys. (laughs) I'll be back again in a couple days with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2020. Thanks for listening. We are done, my friend. That's it. Fade this out. That's it.